You're listening to season five of Technically 200, a podcast featuring the stories of Black and Latina women breaking barriers in STEM fields, all while paving the way for the next generation. Tune in weekly to hear from our amazing guests to learn more about STEM fields, how they've navigated these fields as women of color, and about their many contributions to the overall world of STEM. On this episode, we'll be talking with Marissa Vidori, Senior Director of Investor Relations at NI. Thanks for your presence on our podcast today, Marissa. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Looking forward to, to chatting with you today. Awesome. We're so excited to have you as well. Um, so, you know, you're clearly very booked and busy and doing a whole lot professionally. Um, so we'll dive, we'll dive into, you know, talking about that during our time here in this conversation. But first, for all of our listeners, we want to give them a chance to know who Marissa is outside of work. Um, so what do you do that you enjoy in your free time outside of being such a vital part of your company? Yeah, good question. Um, I think it's very important to find balance. You know, I am really busy day to day in my career, but I think finding the balance, spending time with family is always important to me. Uh, family first, of course, uh, spending time with friends and just allowing myself to recharge. Uh, I think I do my best work and many of us can say uh, when you have a chance to disconnect and step away from the computer, step away from the phone and just recharge and spend time with people that are really important to me. Yeah, absolutely. Those those vacation days are super important. <laughs> that's right. I'm planning a vacation with my son right now for immediately when school ends. So that's kind of the, the next thing on the horizon for us. Awesome. Where uh, are you uh, we're going to go to so San Antonio. JW Marriott has a really nice hotel with a lazy river and a pool. And we're just going to do, I guess you'd call it a mini staycation. It's not too far from Austin. Uh, but I guess I should share that up front. I'm um, actually a single mom to a 12-year-old who just had a, a birthday last week. Um, so again, to answer your first question, I, I think it's important to find the balance. I want to make sure that I'm doing really well in my career and focusing there, but never losing sight of, of being a mom and to my son and making sure that I'm present for him um, when he needs me. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so I know that our listeners are excited to hear more about what you do in your role. So can you describe for them what the world of investor relations is all about? Yeah, so investor relations, we are at National Instruments, now NI. We're a public company. So by being a public company means we have investors who've um, invested their money in our business. And so with that, uh, the investor relations role is about two-way communication of the company's strategy, financial performance. Uh, and just the long-term opportunities that we see with our customers. Uh, if they're investing their money in our business, it's all about transparency on you know where we're taking the business forward and how they're going to see a return on that investment. So I should also add, I've been with NI for nearly 20 years now. Um, so I know the ins and outs of the business. I've built lots of relationships uh, across the organization. And we've been through uh, a couple of leadership changes at the CEO level. So that's been really exciting um, to see how the trajectory of the business has changed um, under new leadership. And that's probably been uh, the number one priority with the investment community is making sure they understand that in through those leadership changes, what is staying permanent and consistent with the business, but where are we kind of leaning in and trying some new things and new investments in terms of technology which is how I fit this podcast. And I, as a technology company, we sell um, hardware and software to engineers and scientists and 
Armada was helping them to engineer ambitiously. And we're playing in lots of key trends like 5G and electrification of cars and new space, uh, things that you're hearing out in the mainstream are technologies used to advance those technologies as well. Hearing about the work that Marissa does, it seemed kind of intense, possibly more so than someone would have guessed. Managing the flow of information between NI and its investors is a huge part of the success of the company. This made me interested to hear what skills had propelled Marissa most in her role. There's three, so I'll go down at the short list. I think first and foremost, it's communication. So there is a lot going on within the business, lots of um, strategy and execution and technology investments, like I mentioned. So it's really important to be able to take all of that information that I have access to and translate it in a way that's going to resonate with the investment community. They're a very critical stakeholder, but they're different than our customers, our partners, or even our employees. This audience wants the facts. They want to know exactly what's going on with the business. They want to know if there's headwinds or tailwinds in the future. And again, they want to know what the long-term opportunity is um, to gain revenue and, and ensure that we remain a profitable company. So being able to translate and storytell and create those key messages and narratives are really important. The other is um, I'm a communications and business background. That's I went to school at the University of Texas at Austin. That's my degree. But I also am savvy with um, analytics and data and finances. So I need to know enough about the financial performance of the business to be credible and to be dangerous. And so it's that combination of communications and financial acumen that makes a person successful in the investor relations role. And then the third would be relationship building. So the investor relations team is a tiny team. It's usually a head of investor relations like myself. We have an analyst who does a lot of the peer performance and you know, analysis of uh, peers in industry. And then we have um, support, um, administrative support as well. But my team is really cross-functional. So being able to build relationships with my two biggest clients are the CEO and CFO. So it's the three of us that are really tackling this audience. I'm the first point of contact in terms of communicating with them but elevating conversations up when they want to talk to key leadership. But building those relationships with our general managers, with our sales force, um, really getting into the, the weeds of what's happening with the business is necessary. And so by being able to build relationships, it's building trusting relationships. And that goes with the investment community by being, you know, focusing on communication and finances. It's all about being credible and being a trusted advisor or representative of the business. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, also important for our listeners to know that um, just how important communication is. And so it's interesting to hear more about your role because it seems like it's just very, very much rooted in communications. It is, yeah. If, if the company is trusting me to be uh, a proxy for the CEO or CFO, to be a representative of the company, um, you know, there's a lot of preparation that goes on when I'm talking to any investor or a group of investors, uh, you need to make sure that you really understand what's going on with the business and that you're able to educate them on that um, and be prepared to answer questions, anything from finances to strategy to business unit performance to how our technology is used. Uh, you never know what you're going to be walking into. But honestly, I think that's what I love about the job is it's so fast paced and um, no day is, is the same as the next. Earlier on, Marissa had touched on storytelling, 
which is not surprising considering how communications-based her role is. Still, I wanted to give her the chance to share with us her story and talk a little bit more about when she knew she would commit her career to the world of investor relations. So I um, went to school at the University of Texas at Austin, and I thought I was going to be an engineer. So when I grew up, and because I was really good at math and in high school, and that's just what I thought I was going to do. Obviously, my um, education took a different turn, uh, but focusing on communications and getting a business minor. What I found in myself, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I'm really interested in businesses and how businesses run and how businesses are successful. So when I started to work at NI, my first job was on the PR team. It was totally focused on communication. What happened was, as I continued to grow in my role and take on other projects, I was approached about the investor relations role. This is back, I mean, I'm going to date myself. I've been with NI maybe five years at the most. So I've been doing investor relations for quite some time. They approached me and I jumped at the opportunity because I knew it was going to give me access to the business and strategy. It was really going to open up. Again, that opportunity to work with individuals across the organization. And I was in an age where I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to absorb as much information as I could. And as I continued down investor relations as a career, what I found is it utilizes my best skills, that combination that I talked about, but it allows me to do my best work. It's exciting to me. It, it really gets me out of bed in the morning. And what I want to do in my career, especially at the stage I'm at now, it's about how can I make the most impact to the business? Well, being the you know owner of the communication for such a critical audience like investors or a public company, there's so many aspects of a business impact with that. Being able to share the performance of our business to this audience, but also carrying back their sentiment. Where are they back to the storytelling? Where are they believing the strategy? Where do they see, uh, where are they poking on the strategy? Where are they comparing us to peers? And how do I take that sentiment and share it back, not just with the CEO and the CFO, but the executive leadership team so that they're aware of how this one audience is um, reacting to our strategy or our performance. So I've stayed with investor relations. It's been well, well over 10 years now, but it's always changing because that narrative and that storytelling, right? The business is never stale. You're always transforming your business for success. And so that is part of this job is translating, again, what's staying the same and consistent, that investment in technology, um, innovation, we're all about value to the customer and creating new technology that's going to push us forward in things like 5G or electric cars. And so it never gets stale because the business is changing that storytelling and that pivot of how you're communicating with investors is also changing. And so I've just really enjoyed my time um, being an investor relations as a career. Yeah. Um, and so that's interesting because I know I'm um, looking a little bit into your background. You've studied speech communication in college at a point. Um, which is a study of how people create shared meaning through the use of verbal and nonverbal symbols. So um, how has your education in this field contributed to the work that you do now? Yeah, I feel like my, my speech communication background, my business minor, again, I, I didn't end up being the engineer that I thought I was going to be, but I do work at an engineer company. Uh, but 
I actually feel that I'm utilizing my degree in my role because understanding business fundamental, understanding the importance of communication. Again, the number one priority with investors is credibility and transparency. You never want your investors to be caught off guard. So it's making sure that I understand the drumbeat of the business and where it's going and making sure that we are being very transparent to the investment community of what that looks like in the short term and in the long term. And so being able to what we call them narratives, creating these messages. There's so much we can share with the investment community, but, but, but I know in working with them, what's most important. And they're only paying attention to you for a short amount of time because they're following so many other companies that you really need to be concise to the point um, and utilize as much time as you can get from them so that they understand uh, the business and then being there to answer questions. Um, they're going to come back and poke a little bit on the finances or poke on the performance or talk about our technology in comparison to peers. And so that communication is really important. The other that you mentioned that I think is just as important is the nonverbal cues. And I know we're in this virtual world and it's harder to read body language, but when you're meeting with investors in person, I talk about this all the time to corporate representatives that are meeting with this audience, they're reading your body language. They're watching is what you're saying that's coming out of your mouth, that message that you're delivering, is it matching your nonverbal cues, right? Crossing your arm sends a negative um, connotation to the person on the other end of the table. If you're sharing something really positive, is your face showing positivity or is your face kind of showing um, maybe not so much positivity or they're reading into every little nuance because with investors, they want to know everything, but there's what we call disclosure and materiality. There's only a certain level of information that you can share with them because you need to make sure that all investors have access to information. So we share and we're consistent in our messages to every person we talk to, but it's those verbal cues that they're looking at to make sure is there something I'm missing are they being very upbeat in their delivery, but their body language is sending something that's not as upbeat or positive? So I think that the communication aspect for this audience is just as important as the finances. And when I tell, when I'm explaining investor relations to people, what I like to say is they can read the finances, they can read a news release, they can read our, our filings. What they can't get from the numbers is what we're talking about, the, the strategy, what led to the financial performance. And so a lot of the discussions that I have are about our growth strategy, our confidence in our performance. And so that those nonverbal cues really have to go hand in hand with, with the message that's coming out of your mouth. This is a really cool way to also um, show any of our students who um, who are in our program that there are various different parts of uh, of a tech company that you can be involved in. I know a lot of our students, they're like, oh, you know, I want to be a software engineer. And then sometimes they hit uh, a block and they're like, but is there something else that I can do? And so I really like that you're speaking to your experience of having wanted to be an engineer, but finding that your skills aligned with um, communications and storytelling and being and being still such a vital part of a tech company. You know, there's like, there's the tech part and there's, you know, the engineers and software engineers but there's also how do we grow this company and how do we put it on a trajectory for for 
for growth um, through communications. I really um, appreciate you sharing your background about that um, with us. So I think it's important to understand that too, because you could, you know, people listening, you could go down and be an engineer, you could be a software developer, but I'm neither of those things, but I work at an engineering company. And so I have to be able, a lot of what I'm talking about is our technology. How is our technology different? How's our software and hardware integration adding value to the customer? I have to be savvy enough to, to know about 5G and electrification and new space um, to be credible. And if I wasn't really digging in the weeds and talking to our general managers and talking to our sales leads and understanding the technology differentiation and how our customers are using that technology, I wouldn't be as credible in this role. Um, I wouldn't be taken seriously. So I, I think it's an interesting part of my path that I thought I was going to be an engineer, but still, even not being an engineer by background, I'm still having to translate technology snippets and information to this critical audience. And um, I think it's really important for your listeners to understand that. Being a part of a tech company, but not as an engineer, is something not too many of us think about. However, it's clear hearing from Marissa that her role and responsibilities do include being knowledgeable about topics in tech. I was interested to know what are the best things about working for a tech company like NI, but not as an engineer. The part I enjoyed the most is, as I mentioned earlier, investor relations teams are tiny, but it's about a cross-functional team. So what I love about my job, aside from being immersed in the business and really having to understand the strategy, is I get to work with so many smart individuals across the business. I mean, I have relationships. Again, my biggest clients are the CEO and CFO, but I have relationships with our general managers. I have relationships with our sales lead. Um, I build relationships with people in marketing and on the communications team, finance and legal. So I love that about my job because I don't feel like I'm siloed. Um, and for me and my personality, if I was just doing communication day in and day out, that wouldn't fit my personality. I actually like that the role is different day to day. Sometimes I'm leading in more to the finance and the analytics. Sometimes I'm leaning more into creating messages. But on top of it all, it's about building relationships internally at NI. And that's really what the two-way communication is with the investment community. It's building trusting relationships with those individuals. They know if they call me, they're going to get a credible, honest answer. Uh, and then I'm going to be able to answer their question. And so that's what I really enjoy about my job. It, it's never the same. Each day, my list of things is drastically different, but that's what keeps me really interested and, and actually keeps me interested in doing investor relations for as long as I have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can agree with you too. The variety in the day-to-day um, in your workplace, can and it, that can be a lot of fun for people. And I think, um, again, for our listeners, our younger listeners, um, understanding that, you know, their workplace can be, like you said, cross-functional like that. They can, you know, they can have an opportunity to be in a company and not be, as you said, like siloed. And, and it's funny because I feel like um, I've actually had students and I know this is something I experienced in high school too. It's like, well, I just like to talk to people, <laughs> but how does that translate into a career? Um, and so I think that this is um, an awesome way for them to learn that relationship building is a important but also you can you can make a career out of it you can make you a can. career talking to people <laughs> you can't talking to people is critical i think in, in many many jobs and building relationships is just as important 
And for your younger listeners, I would encourage them to try new things, right? If you, if you want to be siloed, if you want to focus on one thing, if that's what you do really, really well, then do it. Do that thing really, really well. If you're somebody that likes to branch out and you want to learn and try new things, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Um, I did that early on in my career. I joined different working groups or different projects that were outside of my realm just because I wanted to build relationships with people but learn new skills. And so I think early on in your career, the more you can try, the more you can put yourself out there, then I think you'll really narrow in on what you do best and what you really enjoy doing as a career. So then going to work doesn't feel like a job. It feels like something that you're really good at and you're making an impact. What would be a piece of advice that you would share with your younger self going into this industry? I would say use your voice. Um, everybody has a voice. Everybody should be listened to. Uh, use your voice to speak up in meetings. Um, ask questions. That's how you're going to learn. Don't be afraid to use your voice to ask questions. Be your biggest advocate. If there's a new job you want or you want to be part of a new project, then offer yourself up. Go talk to the lead in that project and talk about the skills that you think you can bring or what you would want to learn. Uh, Anybody that puts themselves out there to take on more will, will probably get the opportunity. I have yet in my career, if I offered to take on a new project, being told no. So I would tell my younger self, use your voice, ask questions, learn and absorb as much as you can. And don't be afraid to put yourself out there into new projects or new things. Uh, the other piece of advice I would give is get yourself a mentor. Be your biggest advocate. But Gain some mentors either at your workplace or outside of your workplace. That's been a critical component of my growth in my career. Having mentors, I have mentors that are in investor relations, so it's good to share ideas across. They work at different businesses. I have mentors who were just people I've worked with in business before. They're not part of investor relations, but those mentors do two things. They give you an outcome outside in perspective. They help you see things that maybe you can't see when you're in it yourself. And then they push you to be better. They push you to challenge yourself. And so I, I got mentors later on in my career and I wish I'd had them sooner because I do think they help mold you as an individual and just give you a safe place to talk through challenges or talk through successes that you're having. Um, in your career, and again, help you see things in a different way that you can maybe learn from and grow from. I really like that you added that point about not being afraid to find mentors. I think, um, I know this is something that I personally struggled with entering into my uh, professional career too. You want to feel like you know everything. You want to feel like you have a seat at the table. You want to feel like I, I belong here. I can be here. But I think um, I really like that you spoke to it's important to be willing to learn from other people and have people push you. It's it's definitely one of the best ways to grow. I always tell I told I think every single manager I've ever had, I always want to be learning and growing. And so I've been with the company, you know, a very long time. I've been doing investor relations for a very long time. But I can honestly say I'm still learning and I'm still growing. There's always a higher level of output that you can do a new initiative you can bring to the program. Again, for mentors, learning something that they do in their program that maybe we hadn't thought of. And that's what keeps it interesting. And so never be afraid. I, I was the same when I was younger. I didn't want to ask questions because what if it's a dumb question or 
if I ask a question, it's like, I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's actually the opposite. Uh, what I found is in working with individuals, the ones that ask the questions are the ones that are most interested in doing a good job. They're the ones that really want to better understand the topic around the table. And then when you start to ask questions, you'll feel more confident sharing your ideas. And that's what I mean by using your voice. Everybody should be respected. Everybody's voice should be heard. And you may have a new idea that nobody ever thought of. So don't be afraid to speak up. Absolutely. I know we kind of touched on mentorship. Can you share which woman in your life inspires you the most and why? Yep. That's an easy one. My mother. So my mother was an elementary school teacher her entire life. And so, and I have a sister who's four years younger than me. Her name's Christy. My mother always taught us the value of an education, right? She was an educator. So it was, you have to do your homework first. She was honest about making good grades. <clears throat> it was never a question, are we going to go to college? It was just, where are we going to go to college? And that may not be everyone's path. There's lots of different ways to, to have a career and be successful in life. But for me, my mother taught me the value of an education, but she also taught me even more than that. You can do anything you put your mind to, anything. As long as you strive to be the best at it or stick with it, you can achieve anything you want. I heard a quote once, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And what that told me is I may not be the most talented in my career, but I work really hard and I, I work harder than most because when you have that line of sight of your career or the type of person you want to be, or I don't know, you want to learn an instrument, whatever that is for you. If you put your mind to it, you can really achieve anything. And I've carried that with me throughout my entire career and things get tough and we get overwhelmed and sometimes Maybe you'll want to quit. And I always keep that in the back of my mind that you just have to continue to work hard. Um, and I really have been able to be successful in many of the things that I put my mind to. Uh, but I think those, th that's thanks to my mom, to, to pushing both of us. Uh, my sister's also very successful. She's a speech pathologist at a hospital in Houston. Um, but it's that, that need for education is that drive that I think has carried through to my you know, older age as well. Wow. She sounds like an amazing woman, very inspiring <laughs> woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was, she, she was a great mom and she's very proud of us both. Uh, and I don't think she fully understands the impact that she had, but the reason we're successful is because she, she never let us quit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, this has been super, super enlightening. This has been so much fun getting to talk to you. Um, and I know for our, our girls specifically who listen to our podcast, um, it's really important to have representation of women in the fields that they want to go into. And not only that, but thank you so much for sharing um, a different avenue of being in tech. I think that that's super important for our girls to, to really not just focus on, you know, one thing, but realize that their skill sets can expand to touch many different parts of a company. Um, and they can still stay in tech if that's what they're interested in, but um, that their skills can align with other positions. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a joy to talk with you today. Um, I hope your listeners learned a little something new. And, you know, I, I do think mentorship is really important. So if some of your listeners have a question or want to follow up with me in some capacity, 
I'm always happy to help. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technically 200. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at technically200.com. See you at our next episode.